Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to be. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. And I plan on giving voice to liberty in our time more and more often. The closer we get to the presidential election of 2020, the more I hear plans from the progressive side of the aisle. And I also hear failures on the conservative side of the aisle to, I think, uphold the principle of liberty. I'll start opening my big yapper more and more. But it can't be every day. But we got a lot of big problems, folks. We got a lot of big problems, Southernwood. Yeah. A lot of big problems. But what's in the news today? Hmm. Where shall we start? Uh, So the Senate voted, uh, what was it, 59 to 41 to reject Trump's national emergency declaration on the border. British lawmakers have approved a delay for the Brexit which is very disappointing because they had three years to do it. That, you know, that's something I don't understand. They voted for it and why... Because the British people want it, but the British politicians don't. Or they don't know how to pull it off. Well, and I I guess in... if, If you put it that way, I guess I do understand it, but it doesn't make sense. How about that? Well, and also the European Union's playing hardball. They really are. Now, I read a... I could pull it up. I read a piece about three weeks ago from a guy who... I think he's now a dual citizen, but he's a British citizen and a United States citizen. He resides in the United States. And he said there's a model for Brexit. And he uh, revised the Declaration of Independence. Updated it to say the... United Kingdom, or to say Great Britain, and redid the redress of grievances instead of against the king, against the European Union. So that would be a total, complete separation, independence. Now here's the thing that's not often taught in history books. After the United States declared their independence and wins the Revolutionary War, Mm -hmm. in many ways the former colonies, now independent states, were worse off. Because Let's just say the British Empire wasn't too happy with them. And the British Empire was one of the most powerful economic bodies out there. Now, the new United States was too. And so they made do. But when you declare independence, it doesn't mean, oh, everything's going to be sunshine and lollipops. Everything's turning up roses, economically speaking. Exactly. So you got to make a sacrifice to gain something in the future. It's just frustrating to see what's going on. In and Joey, I think, you know, as much as you and I disagree about different issues here and there, this is where we are 100% on the same page. Yep. We're both for liberty. And, and liberty does not mean something great. 
all the time. No. I mean, occasionally, liberty means you have the right to go out and do what you're capable of doing. No. And you might fail. Right. I mean, you might fall on your face. You might, but you, you have the right to do that. Right. N- nothing is restricting. Well, and it's the your opportunity. Right. I mean, and, and maybe opportunity other than, would be a better word to use than liberty. Maybe, but I, I don't believe in opportunity in the sense of it's a guaranteed right, something innate, something natural. I stand by liberty because I think it's the one concept, ideal, that actually has allowed us to create peace largely between all sorts of different types of groups. Because the history, we see it today, tribal power has come back. And I mean liberty in more of a modern sense. There's an ancient understanding of liberty, like the Greeks had, political liberty. That if you are a Greek citizen, you could vote. At that time, I guess it was a certain class of men. Um, It wasn't all the Greeks voting by any means. But the idea was you got to share in political power. You got to vote. You got a little bit of of a say, of a voice, which we still have some of that in this country. We're a democratic republic. So we have that Mm -hmm. old idea of liberty still around, that the group... The body, initially it was, what, property-owning white men get a say in the political power. But there was a more modern understanding of liberty that came out of the Enlightenment and that the founders also put in our Constitution and put into our Bill of Rights, that it inspired the revolution and the Declaration of Independence. And that idea is liberty for the individual, liberty in thought, liberty in belief, liberty in speech, liberty in property. Liberty for the individual to contract as they wish, to produce as they wish, and to pull away if they wish. It's more it's liberty for the individual, the unit of measure, if you will, the standard for our society is to guarantee the liberty and dignity of the individual. Or really we uphold the liberty because each human being is made in the image and likeness of God. This was the understanding back then. And so they have an innate dignity. Now, they might misuse it. They might not live up to their potential. They might not live up to their talents they were given. And that's a tragedy, if not hell. But at the end of the day, that concept is very new on the face of the earth. Individual liberty. And it's something that we have to a degree, and we still uphold, but it seems to be lost in the mix. Like, we take it for granted, and we've moved on to other more important things. Yeah. I, 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 maybe responsibility? Right. That's a good question, I, I, I mean, that. I mean, that, that goes along with it, because, I mean, you're responsible, you know, I mean, it, let's, let's put it in today's terms. Right now, today, mm-hmm. this day, March, what, the 13th? 2019 we voted these people in right to our governing body right and they decided to raise taxes on our gas we we have responsibility for that because we voted for these people people that said yes you know we voted for 
And there, I guess there were six senators in the Alabama Senate who voted no. Well, and, and but I'm not, not most of them voted yes. And I'm not going to call out names. I'm right. not going to do That's that. Not what we're doing, but you know, you have a a responsibility that if your guy or gal said yes, I'm voting yay on this. It's your responsibility to say, no, now, wait a minute. I didn't send you to Montgomery to do that. I sent you to Montgomery to represent me, and I don't like this. You convince me. Don't tell me you're going to widen bridges between Montgomery and Macon County. That's BS is what that is. is. This is where political power and political responsibility and political freedom and older sense of freedom gets complicated Uh, because i especially i remember having these debates in college there's two understandings of of how you should see your representative whether it's in the state legislature or on the city council or in the congress at the national level how you should see your president even one is and this is what i tend to be more partial towards the trustee model that you're not voting necessarily on particular issues what you're more more voting on is how enlightened is this person are they worth being considered a leader do they possess wisdom in their decision making have they shown that they're productive that they are kind-hearted good members of the society all these things essentially you're, you're voting for a trustee and you will trust their wisdom and everything they've proven throughout their life to make the right decision when it's a very tough decision and it's not clear what the right answer is. Then there's another model, though, of how you should view all your representatives. Mm -hmm. And that's more the delegate model, which is, no, that person who's in the State House or in the Congress or in the White House better be in line, at least let's say, of 50% of the time or more with the people they're representing. I kind of like the trustee model because the idea that just because something's popular means it's right is nonsense. It's utter balderdash. I would would agree 100% with that. Right. I'll give you for instance. I was just reading... But it sounds good. It does sound good. And it's also how the democratic process works. That it's a popularity contest and the constant taking of public opinion polls. What we tend to have today, unless it's a senator, say, at the national level has been there for a while. People, for instance, people will say things about Richard Shelby all day long. I've said things about Richard Shelby, but he's been up there so long that people sort of defer to Richard Shelby. Like, he's done good things for us. It's, it's not really an ideological, where are you on this given issue? It's more like, no, he's been our senator and he's going to remain our senator because he knows what he's doing up there. It's a different mentality. So so what what would you choose? I'm more because, of a trustee guy. Well, I mean, you, you have to choose one of the two. And, and what you just said, these are the words that came into my mind. Is it someone who is more methodical? Mm-hmm. Or is it someone who is more ideological? 
I would prefer somebody who's more methodical, pragmatic. And this is coming from a guy, you know me, I'm pretty ideological in a way. That is 180 degrees beyond the Joey I know. But here's my... You just said you want someone who is more methodical. And that is the political landscape. That's, I mean, you brought, you just brought up Richard Shelby. You don't think people That's, are ideological? Yeah, right well, now? no, 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 no. People are, but, but Joey, that is so against what you talk about and what you rail about and what you believe. No, it's not, Richard. It, it most certainly is. Richard Shelby is. He is. I mean, his feet are solidified in the concrete of the the swamp washington swamp yeah i mean that's what he is does he get things done yes no, but he when does. you said somebody more methodical i didn't mean richard shelby in particular but richard shelby he's sending 750 million dollars to alabama because we passed this stupid freaking gas tax but let me explain let me explain. Okay, go ahead. Because when I say I want somebody more pragmatic and methodical, not somebody who's just ideological, my point is this, is that you can talk to anybody of a given ideology, progressive, so-called conservative plumb line, or libertarian even, whatever. When somebody is so ideological, you can tell pretty quickly what they think and how they're going to vote. And at a certain point, okay. it's like, why do we even have a person there? I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to your ideology. If you're just going to parrot certain lines without thinking complicated issues oh, through, yeah, 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 why yeah, are yeah. we even electing people? So I, I would prefer somebody more pragmatic and who is, I don't know, will occasionally say this is a complicated issue. I can't just decide before actually investigating it what the correct answer is. Now, obviously, I would prefer to have pragmatic people that share some of my ideals. And I would actually say there are a lot of pragmatic people up there in Washington who do share my ideals. Well, not a lot. A few. Like, five of them. Yeah, I would. You know what I mean? A couple. But when I hear, for instance, Justin Amash, he's a Republican, I think, from Michigan, explain himself on social media. Every time he takes a vote. Or put something out. He will explain himself, and it'll be very methodical. It'll be very detailed. He also shares my ideals. And yes, at the end of the day, you have to figure out what what master do you bow to? What do you serve? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, and you can say I, I have no master. I'm 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 a free elf or no. whatever. No, no, no. Whatever you hold, whatever we talked about this Tuesday. Whatever you hold and whatever you value. You hold dear and whatever you value, that's kind of the master you serve. Yeah. Everybody so, has a master. So no matter what somebody's temperament is, I would like to know what master do you serve? What I, What's your ideal? Because there can be methodical, pragmatic people that come from all sorts of different masters, so to speak. But I tend to think that sometimes we treat our representatives, we act like, why are they so hypocritical? Why do they always lie? Why do they always blah, blah, blah? It's because... That person who, say, voted for the gas tax, and it might be a particular district, where 60% don't like it at all, and they're blowing up their phones. How the hell could you raise gas taxes? It's going to hurt the working class. It's going to hurt everyday Alabamians. 
like gas prices are just coming down and they're going up in this season and you're going to tack on another 10 cents over the next few years, if not more, every other year? How dare you, sir? And they get six out of 10 calls or that person is just pissed off at them. Or maybe they're not all that pissed off. They're like, you know, you people aren't responsible with your money. And with this distribution of the funds you're going to collect through this gas tax, who knows what counties and municipalities are going to do with it. And I can't trust you with the money you've raised before. You're not managing it well. You know, I would be all for gas tax if you actually use the money for what you said you use it for. I've heard all this in the last few days. But then the other four out of ten calls are going to be like, I like the gas tax. I like that you are actually going to upgrade and update that bridge in our county. I like the idea that you're going to give me a more secure farm-to-market road. So I can get produce. Oh, certain other industries love it. And so when you're sitting there as a representative, and this happens on so many issues, not the big, sexy issues that are ideological and people already know where you stand, on the complicated issues, you get people that you're supposed to represent who completely contradict one another. So one group, you're going to piss them off. You could always go with the majority, like, let's take a public opinion poll on every decision I make. Or you could use your own wisdom in consulting the best people that you know, and you figure it out. But the reason a lot of times politicians seem like they're lying hypocritical, number one, is because they are a lot of the time. But, <laughs> yeah, most, and they're, they're cowardly. The they realize if, but also, number two, and this is the hard truth, because we can't just blame the politicians. you got to turn the mirror back on the people who put them there. The people, and this is about responsibility, is when you look at the people, not the individuals, but the, the group doing all the voting. As a whole, yeah. Talk about hypocritical and contradictory. Half the time, they don't even know what they want. Well, and I, and I can see that, Joey, is like having children. Yeah. Because, I mean, your child says, well, Daddy, why can't I have I want ice, ice cream, cream for supper? <laughs> not I want ice cream every night. But, and, son, you're lactose intolerant. And, 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 you know, there are things to that degree. Right. And I understand. And that is. And that's, I'm sure That's it's why hard. I tend towards more of a trustee model where I, I want a brilliant person. Even if I disagree I, with somebody, I would prefer for them to be a brilliant person who really thinks things through. And, and I've never been in public service. I've never served the people of the great state of Alabama or my county or anything like that. And I, and I know it. it's easy for you and I to sit up here and criticize. Right. And I know it's so much more complicated but the the thing about staying with the gas tax, what I can't understand is why is, and I had this conversation with someone today, and they disagreed with me. I don't mind paying taxes on my fuel. Right. I don't mind paying taxes on my vehicle. Your car is probably like $60 for your tax. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. I mean, my tag is like 180 bucks because of the big truck. Yeah, because yeah. of the weight of the truck, I've right. got a 3x tag on my. Right. Tra- I don't mind paying that because I'm doing more damage to the road than you are, and that money is earmarked going straight to the road. Right. What really gets stuck in my crawl is that this tax increase. On gasoline, not going to farm, no off-road, none of that's being increased. Uh, apparently, 
uh, LPG, NPG, none of that's getting an additional tax on it. But we're taking this money to dredge a bay. Right. Now people want to do it for why, other projects. Why not? If if that's if 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 our taxes that we pay on our gas and our tags and our tires and all that stuff is is earmarked to pay for the roads mm-hmm. that those vehicles are operated on, why not put a tax on marine fuel? Well, and this you're getting you bring something up in my mind. Because I've heard people say, "Why can't if it's I would be all for the tax if it's clearly for the use." And I that makes sense to me. You got to pay for what you use. I and I'm actually, sure. I think the income tax is legalized theft. But oh, right. you need to pay this tax so the road you drive on is maintained. All right, yeah, it, that's fine. But you, here's the here's the thing: you can walk. But this idea of specific taxes for specific things, like we're going to tax you. On gasoline for roads, we're gonna put we're gonna pull seven and a half, fifteen and a half percent out of your paycheck for FICA, for Medicare, Medicaid, and disability, and Social Security, all this stuff. Oh, and then we're also gonna do this fee. We're gonna nickel and dime you in this way and that way, and also, oh well, we need you to pay a capital gains tax on your investments, and we also need you to pay the income tax, different rates. But there's all there, you can take these deductions or that tax credit. At a certain point, I get the logic of okay, here's a particular tax for a particular thing. But when you start getting hundreds of those things, whether it's earmarked or a deduction or whatever. It makes me, at the end of the day, want to say, no, 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 no. No particular tax for any particular thing. How much money are you going to take out of my ass? At the end of the day, how much money do you want to take from me? And then you decide and you convince me that after you take that much money, how you're going to use it. You see where I'm coming from, though? That sometimes the, yeah. the the nickel and diming and the particular fees and the particular taxes come across as a way for them to extract more money. And because there's so many different pots they're pulling from and putting it to, it gets confusing about how much the government's actually well, taking. And, and you know, Joey, you know that's the way that they have it designed is so you get eight cents here, ten cents right. here, five cents here, nine cents here. So none of them in and of their self is that large. But when you put them all together, right. you're like, wait a minute. That is 40% <laughs> of my earned income. And and and, and I think, I don't know, maybe, maybe I didn't hear you correctly, but I think when you get into things like FICA, that is completely different because you absolutely receive no benefit from that unless you're disabled or you live long enough to possibly get a portion of that back. But they've been borrowing from the trust fund. There's no lockbox. There's no... The money, when the money goes to the government, money is fungible. I get all of that, and I understand all of that, and that's what drives me crazy about this dadgum (laughs) tax bill. Is they're like, oh, no, we're going to send $1.2 million, and I'll be dad blame. I mean, Todd Strange, I heard him. He was sitting right here in this exact chair that I'm sitting in. He said, we're going to spend $3 million paving roads next year. Well, if the tax... 
deal passes and you get 1.2 extra, how much are you going to spend? He says, we're going to spend $3 million. Right. We'll take that 1.2 and pave roads with it, and we'll take the 1.2 we were going to pave roads Put with. Put it into something else. And, 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 and he did. I mean, he yeah. was honest. As long as he's honest. I think he was accidentally honest. <laughs> he said, unless there's some matching funds right. where we can throw some money in and get twice as much done, but it'll basically be about the same. And that's what's happening. They're taking money from everybody in the state of Alabama and giving it to these local municipalities to Pike Road, Montgomery, and the county, the city of, the county of Montgomery, what have you. And it's like, dude, why? And, so they and, can do more. And what is, all right, $300 million. Mm-hmm. 150 is going to dredge the bay, mm-hmm. which is matching funds for Richard Selby's pet project. Right, and that's, by the way, why they pushed it through so fast, because they know there's a big federal infrastructure bill coming through, I think to the tune of a trillion dollars plus, but that will be, if you don't have state matching funds, you're not going to get as much money from the, the feds, and, and, and that's why they're just trying to get it through. Exactly right. So now we've gone from 300 to 150, because we've already given that 150. So now... With the 150, 100 is going to local municipalities, mm-hmm. which the mayor of Montgomery has already said, I'm going to blow it on parks and rec or build another freaking garbage dump or something, whatever he decides to buy before he gets out. I, that leaves the state with $50 million. That's like two bridges. <laughs> I mean, it, maybe they'll go out and paint some of right. them or something. Right. It's just, it's uh, it's very frustrating. That particular issue is very frustrating. But it's a larger issue. Is Let me just, it's a good moment for me to remind folks who are listening. And I know it's not that many of you. Like 10 of you. But thank you for listening. That's if you Thousands. Are. Thousands, yeah. Yeah, hundreds of thousands. Oh, can you see me growing? Millions. My head growing right now. Millions. Oh, millions. Yeah, we're worldwide, baby. Ooh. International. But I'll just ask you folks, the kind voters of Alabama, that's how I'll refer to you, by the way, not as the people of Alabama, not as the citizens of Alabama, not as family members and friends and colleagues. I'll address you as voters. Does it feel like you have control? Does it feel like voting for Kay Ivey or any number of these representatives and state senators gave you a real voice? Yeah, I mean, how do you feel right now if you voted for Clyde Chambliss? And you thought, I mean, mm, the, I'm not I mean, get my taxes is, right. I mean, he is, I mean, he's the epitome of a conservative Republican. He is. And he sponsored this BS bill. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. This is why I believe in the trustee model, because this is the way it works. The people you send to your state legislature and the people you send to Congress are not delegates, little, you know, ideological robots that do everything you want to say. Number one, because they're trying to serve people who disagree with you as well as you. But also, even people in your own party. We all understand this. But at the end of the day, it comes down to they have the votes. They're the ones in office. 
If you really want a voice, hey, maybe run for office and win the seat. Then you really get a voice. And you're a little bit more in control. But th- I bet you can go ask a lot of those legislators and members of Congress, are you in control? Well, not as much as I would like. So it's complicated. Yeah, it, it, it really is. It's very complicated. We just buy into it way too much. And this is why I think it's a poor process. It's a great process for certain things. Really complicated things that affect everybody. we got to make a decision together. Yeah, this is probably better than having a king or an emperor or an aristocracy or some tyrant, whatever. A lot better than that. But <laughs> but when, he's try- when you're trying to decide almost every damn thing in our society, especially at the federal level, with this process... All it's going to do is create more... You want to know why the country's divided? Because we keep using this process to decide everything. Exactly. And if anybody thought that this was going to turn out any differently than it did turn out, you were so nice. This is why limited government, individual liberty, is a much better thing for making sure society is peaceful, coherent, actually works harmoniously. It's not utopia. Because when you start deciding everything through politics, all you're going to end up doing is pissing a lot of people off. Now, the people that voted for this gas tax and Kay Ivey, they're probably thinking, well, yeah, people are pissed off now, but what are they going to do about it? They're going to forget about it by the next election. And, and that is, you just, I mean, you just took the words out of my mouth. That is the one, that is the biggest problem is we have a short memory. And four years from now... You're not going to remember who did and did. You're not going to remember that Will and Will and Mike voted against this thing. But we've got three people in this area that did the right thing. You're not going to remember that. Well, and also at the end of the day, there are much bigger fish to fry. I don't like it, but but I'll live with it. Joey Clark. is messy. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. But it was something I was just telling you off air. You mentioned State Senator Clyde Chambliss. Mm-hmm. And on almost every account, you can't know what's in the depths of somebody's heart. We're not picking on Clyde. I mean, he did stick his hat out because he sponsored this gas tax bill. Yeah, and, and that's but the only reason I will. Let me say this it, now yeah. and clarify. That's the only reason I brought his name up right. is because he actually sponsored this bill. But And I'm going to give you even more of a chance to clear things up. Just what we did off air. Would you consider Clyde Chambliss a successful man in life? I, I, I do. Would you consider him pretty wise and moral by every account that we have for the most part? Yes, I do. 
and this is the thing. We, this is why I actually wish politics were more local. And I wish politics was just about who's going to build the roads. I wish that's all we had to care about. Because at the end of the day, you can go see Clyde Chambliss and talk to him. And you know Clyde, and you know his wife, and you know his family. You can go, same thing with Reed Ingram or Todd Strange or anybody else. And it very rarely gets to the point, they might tell me otherwise, given the calls they might have received. <laughs> but it very rarely gets to the point of, you see this person, not as a person, but as a symbol for what you hate. Yeah, that's You disagree that's a good point. with Clyde Chambliss on this particular issue and the fact that he sponsored this bill, but you still see Clyde as a person and part of the community. I think what happens on the national level is these people are so removed, we don't know them. All we know, say, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, I can't stand her, but I don't know her. Yeah, you know the... the you know? The... the what you see on TV about her, and that's and and I will say this now. I will say this about everybody. I talked to Reed Ingram, yeah, via text. I didn't speak to him over the phone because he's a very busy man running his thing down there. But I had a conversation with Reed, and that was one thing, Joey, that I told him. I said, Reed. I 100% disagree with you on this issue. Right. However, I cherish... It's almost verbatim what I told him. I said, I cherish your friendship. You are a friend of mine. And we will not fall out over one vote that you and I disagree on. Right. And he, you know, made his argument. I made my argument. And and that's fine. I still disagree with him. Right. But I'm, I don't... I'm not going to take it personal and just, you know, go off on him. Right. You know, at every chance I get. But I'm then not when going it gets, to do that. But when politics and Clyde Chambliss the same way. And, but, and that's because you know him. And you have the chance to know him. And it's even better with people who are on the city council or the mayor. You can talk to them or you and can talk res- to somebody who talks to right. them. Right. And they're responsive to you when you... Talk and you might them. not like the answer, but there's still a person you see at church on Sunday or Wednesday night. Yeah. Or you can Or you see him at the them. restaurant. You know, whatever. Martha Roby lives uh, less than a mile from my house, and I have never seen her face-to-face. Right. And because that's she's never around and there's because something she's about, in Washington. And when politics gets removed from that local sense of community and it starts to become this grandiose project of the nation and, and it's like you're trying to govern 300 million plus people, it can't be personal, number one, because you don't have the opportunity to meet everybody. It's right. tough enough to like know 20 people intimately. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, much less 250,000. Much less millions. Yeah. I mean, sen- you think about a senator. Right. I mean, in the state of Alabama, you know three point some odd million people? No. And you can't. And you can't answer to all them. Your congressman, I wish they would go back to where it used to be, the way it was written up, and the way it was designed. We'd have a lot where, more people in the it, House of Representatives. Oh, there would be a couple <laughs> I kind of would like that. I would love it. And you know what, Joey? You know the most beautiful thing about that? It would be huge. Huge. It would be huge because there would be so many people that no one could ever come to a consensus. 
Well, and this probably explains why the and presidency the way it is. Well, yeah, well, it's, think, this is why the the presidency has become so outsized and larger than life because it's very difficult to look at Congress. Like it's difficult enough to look at the Alabama legislature, but now let's throw in Congress, even bigger body with more power. It's very tough to get them to do anything, and it was designed that way on purpose. So what has happened? We've now gotten to the point of, well, the single. It's it's tough to wrap your head around five hundred something people, but the single guy in the White House. It, it's a cult of personality has been built up. I'm not talking about Trump. I'm talking about Trump. I'm talking about Obama. I'm talking about W. I'm talking about Clinton and Reagan and all the way back to FDR and George Washington even. Pen and a phone. Right. There's something and there's a reason human beings had kings and queens and emperors and before. Because it's very easy to go, oh, that guy's got something going on. We'll follow him. It's very tough to figure out, like, hmm, self-government is hard, is one thing I would put it, because it's very frustrating. And it becomes even more difficult and more frustrating when it's not limited. And there's no limiting principle, it seems, these days. Like, some of the crap that's coming out from the left, like the Green New Deal, what aspect of life aren't you going to touch? Elizabeth Warren talking about wanting to break up like Amazon. And one of her rules is that if a company is providing a selling platform, that company can't sell themselves. Sell things on that platform. So, for instance, Amazon has a major selling platform. All sorts of vendors can hook up to it and sell products all over the world. Amazon also has a brand called Amazon Basics, where you can buy, like, bath towels or HDMI cables. And these HDMI cables, because of Amazon's infrastructure, they can sell these HDMI cables that are really cheap. They can sell them for very cheap. But Elizabeth Warren would like to say that you can't do that. She wants to say that Apple can't sell Apple apps on Apple's App Store. They either have to provide the App Store platform or let somebody else... And it's just like, is there no limiting principle, Liz? And it's why I believe in limited government and individual liberty so much, because it, when you throw it into the political process, it becomes too damn complicated. Way yeah, too complicated. I mean, it does. It's one thing to try to decide how we're going to fund road construction in this state. I'm just glad Amazon Prime has got... Game of Thrones on it. Yeah, I like Game of Thrones too. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Have you seen the the previews? And and now the trailers? Yeah, we're 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 oh, you're working your way. Yeah, huh? we're we're on season. It's happening in April, uh-huh. and the new Avengers Endgame trailer just came. We're out. on season six. Yeah, look at this. Look at all the phone calls. I know it. Here, I'm going to go to the phones. Yeah, I'm going to go to one that's kind of blind that just called in. News talk. You're on there. Who's this? Good evening, fellas. How y'all? Uh, what's up, Randall? Uh, what's up, Randall? <laughs> you got to be real quick, like thirty seconds. I, what's up? I, I, look, I got to say, we cannot let let we cannot let the ones who voted no against this gas tax be forgot about. Because you know how hard it's going to be for him to walk in there and say, "Hey, can I get some money now?" To pay, even though because this is how they're going to have to get their money. I mean, he's got he got to strap it on and go in there and face her. And I mean, we can't we can't four years from now either for let them forget. We got this is where we got to stand up. We asked them to stand up for us. 
So anybody voted no, we can't we can't forget. Man. So we uh, Will Barfoot voted yeah, no. Yeah, the Will two Disney, well the no. two Wills and Mike are the and only Mike ones Holmes, yeah. in our in our region. Yep. that did that. Yeah, well, let's remember those guys. All right, brother. They are. See you. Good, good point, Randall. Well, let's go to this one too. Blind news talk. You're on there. Who's this? Hello. Hello. No. Well, you lost your chance. Let's talk to Charles Hollis. Hey, Charles. People asked me last night why I don't call in no more. I've been holding 15 minutes. Charles, you have not been holding for 15 minutes. I've been holding 15 minutes. 13 minutes and 27 seconds. I'm looking at the clock I got a lot to say, Charles, and I appreciate you being patient. As I I was leaving our watering hole, y'all was talking about the Caucasian Democrat Richard Shelby. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Y'all, y'all, y'all know he used to be a Democrat, don't you? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, now, what do you mean, used to be? He just changed the name behind his name. He's still a Democrat. Come anyway, on, Charles, you know that. Uh, I've I never voted for him because of his Democratic. I, I never have. Never will. Now, look, what happened this morning with Barron? I have no clue. Oh, wait, that he wasn't here? Uh, I, I, I'm asking. What I... I, I or do you mean at the I beginning of the show? I started my car, and they were saying he was on his way back. Yeah, he had to. Was, yeah, he he, he he had he had another job he had to take care of. Yeah, legal deal. So y'all can't tell me what he, what, what what went wrong. I, I don't right. know the particular case. He's representing somebody. Ain't none of our business. It's yeah. part of no, his I'm just, his I'm, other. I didn't know if he had said something on the radio. No, uh, no, that was just okay, a joke. Okay, all right, you said no. All right now, what they did with this gas tax? Thingamajig. Just be calling their name out. Well, you make a, a, a great point. I will say that. No, I don't deal with points either. I deal with facts, uh, 84. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I deal strictly with facts. And, and, and Chambliss is a good man, but they went to him. And he proposed this. This was his tax thingamajig. And when I say Lily White, once again, now, I'm not talking about the color of his skin. I'm talking right. about the content of what? His character. Yeah. Now, Randall. Guess who was at the round table last night, Randall? Green dress, Randall. Green dress. Oh, Lord. <laughs> From the heart of Dixie people. Trump on. Trump on, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wonder, even though he's never voted for Richard Shelby, I should ask him, has he ever felt represented by Richard Shelby? He'd never you know, vote for him. That, and, but you know what I mean? And I know exactly what you mean because that's the tricky side of it is as much as we like to call him, you know, cardboard character Richard, you know, uh, uh, Lamar billboard sign Richard, it, we like to pick on him. He brings a bunch of money, i put it that way, mm-hmm. to the state of Alabama. Because, yeah. I mean, we are... He's uh, the head of the Appropriations Committee, right? I mean, come on, man. Why it's do you think position. $750 million are coming to Dredge Bay and we're paying $150? Right. Here, let's you go know. to Marianne. Hey, Marianne, what's up? Hey, Randall. 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 Hey, Randall.
Hey, Joey, has anybody told you you're doing a great job? You just today? did, and it warms really? my heart. It warms the cockles when, of my heart. Southern Wood asked me my name. He didn't know. I haven't seen him in so many years, and you've never met me, and you just saw my son, Mike. And my, I did. His wife and the kids. I did. Listen, yeah. Joey, listen to me. What everybody's missing about this gas pack, I just want to say real fast, is this. And you guys think about it. Have we, as the state of Alabama, elected the largest blue dog Democrat, and we didn't pay that close of attention to it? And we're not going to forget this, Southernwood. Don't think we are, because this is going to come up every year. Even the county and the cities can vote a gas tax. This is going to hit us as the prices bounce around. But, Joey, I love you guys. Clay, I'm so glad you're there. And I love you. You guys got to go. I know. Bye. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a uh, the, it's a great point. I hope there are more people like Marianne out there, though, because we do. And what frightens me is our our memory is so short, and we have such a short attention span that well, there are a lot of things to pay attention to. Why else, Joey? Why else would you call a special session? As soon as they go into session, right out of the state of the state. We get things done, baby. And that's why I never want to hear anybody say, I just want Congress to get things done. Oh, God. Oh, watch your wallets and your daughters. And your sons, for that matter. That goes back to my point, is use the original rules. Have 15,000 people up there <laughs> in the House of Representatives. You wouldn't get a dad blame thing done. Right. That's and it would be I, up to the local as Joey, possible. Joey, you and I, we disagree on a lot. I am 100% with you. Mm-hmm. You're never going to get anything More done. More local government, less, uh, less over-the-top government. Say, More hey, liberty. We can't do anything up here in War- Washington. Do it back there in Montgomery. But, I mean, here's the thing. I was just reading up today on the unfunded liabilities for uh, in mandatory spending. Things like Social Security and Medicare, Medicaid, and whatnot. I think in nearly a decade, about 11, 12 years, at our current revenue rates, mandatory spending will consume all of the federal budget. And yet, you're talking like nine... Like, only 10% of Republicans want to reform or cut Social Security. Somebody's going to have to make an unpopular decision at some point. Or change people's minds. And let's just be clear, folks. Just so... I know people hate that they're called entitlements, but that's what they're called. And they're called that because you paid in, you're entitled to the thing you paid in for and that you were promised. That's why it's called that. Mm-hmm. And if we don't reckon with these big, unpopular, difficult decisions like the debt, the deficit, and the drivers of that mandatory spending, we don't deal with major infrastructure problems. I'm not talking about physical infrastructure, just the basic structure of our country. We're going to be a hell of a lot of trouble. But I worry because people not only forget, they get distracted by the shiny object right in front of them being presented by the news, that we're not going to deal with these big, heavy things until it's, well, really, really difficult. And on that note, we got to say goodbye. Thank you, Southernwood. Anytime, my friend.